Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Second Peter chapter 2, dealing with stressing the holidays. Now, the word stress can mean to be overcome with worry or grief or anxiety. We're dealing with stressing the holidays. The meaning of stress here is to place special emphasis on. So we want to place special emphasis on certain things in the holidays. This chapter, we want to look at placing special emphasis on the gospel, special emphasis on the right story. There's a school that phoned a uh, a, a person and said, your son has been telling lies at school. The person answering the phone said, well, tell him he's really good. I don't have any kids. Has ever someone ever told you a story? You know, they, they say in quotes, right? A story. It's not true. Well, have you ever told a story to yourself? Have you ever told an untrue story to yourself? It's been shared that the biggest lie is the one you tell yourself. Well, what we'd like to stress in this chapter is there going to be some uh, false or, or, or untrue stories. And I believe that during these holidays, we need to stress the real story. The word gospel means good news. We need to stress a news story. News is things that are New, it's the plural of the word new, news. Well, the gospel is good new things in our life. And the Bible says in the gospel of Mark that Jesus said, repent or change your mind and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. We've all been told false stories. Let's just jump right in. So 2 Peter chapter 2. And we're dealing, the whole chapter deals with stories that aren't true. And they're called false prophets, false teachers, and unfortunately, with lies, there are consequences if we believe them and act on them, correct? If someone says, jump off the cliff, you'll be good. Well, if you do that, there's going to be some consequences. Verse 1, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow the pernicious ways. Pernicious means something that can cause damage or harm. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned or false words, deceiving words, make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So the Bible says that there's going to be false teachers in church. They're they're telling a false story. They're telling you a quote-unquote a story, a lie. Unfortunately, they don't have a tag that says false teacher or false prophet. And it said people are going to follow them. That sounds good. I'm going to do that. I'm going to jump off that cliff, quote-unquote, and... But the Bible said their true aim is to make, to make merchandise or to make money. 
or profit off people, telling them what they want to hear. It sounds like a used car salesman, right? Except we're dealing with eternity. In verse 4, there are consequences, right, to uh, telling people that what God did not say. <laughs> For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an example or an example unto those that should live, that after should live ungodly. So the Bible said that God judged angels, and really hell was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for men. If you go to hell, you'll be trespassing. God did not want you there. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to, to pay for your sins that you might be delivered. That's the new story that God needs to put in. Say, so, well, preacher, I did these things that were wrong. Well, God paid for them, and God can wipe them off your record and make you a new creature. And the Bible said, though, that if we don't change our ways, God does judge. He judges sin. He judges sin with sending men and women to hell. He judged the world uh, in verse 5 and caused a flood over the world, and he burnt up. If you don't know what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, well, uh, you can look it up, but a certain activity that God condemned, and I'm not saying that of hatred, but God condemned it, and he burned the cities and the neighbor cities around them, destroying them as an example that that ungodly living, that sin, whether it's that type of sin or even lying is a sin, that sin has a consequence. Actions have consequences. The Bible said that God also is a delivering God. In verse 7, it said, God delivered, God and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. If you remember that Lot was taken out of the city of Sodom by angels, like he and his wife and the, his uh, two daughters uh, were, were taken out uh, by force. They like kind of dragged him out. And they were told, don't look back. Well, his wife, she looked back, and the Bible said she became a pillar of salt. And, and so, preacher, but that's not really fair, is it? But the word look, she didn't just kind of look over her shoulder. It wasn't a, a quick uh, peek. But the word uh, looked comes from the root to scan. That is to look intently at. By implication, to regard with pleasure favor or care she was missing her old life jesus even said in luke chapter 17 and verse 32 remember lot's wife you know we have to be careful what we look back upon if you're a christian and you're looking back upon the quote unquote good old days the good old days of running the streets and and living living that uh that life uh uh that old life be careful because if you look back at something, you start to tell yourself the old story, 
not a true story, that those were the good old days, you might find yourself looking back into doing those things again. Well, the reason that I gave my life to Jesus is that those things did not fulfill my life. And, and I don't think that going back to them is going to make me any better. In fact, we'll talk about that at the end. There's marks of false teachers. Verse 10, But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignity. So we see pride coming in. Whereas angels, and, and if you find a true preacher or a true Christian, they're going to be humble. And it's not going to be about themselves. It's going to be about Jesus. And, and their life is going to speak volumes unto you by the Christ showing through their life. The Bible said that these false teachers, they'll speak evil of anybody. They're not care. They'll put it out on Twitter and Instagram and they'll just hurl insults everywhere. But it says, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. So the angels that could do it, we find one angel destroyed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. That's one angel. They're powerful. But they don't go spouting off, do they? There, there's a humility result that resides in those angels. And, but the, the, going back to the false teachers, but these as brute be- natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Uh, someone said that don't write checks with your mouth that your body can't cash. Again, People that they say, well, it's just words. Well, words have meanings. And sometimes words in argument is built to receive. uh, We're looking to angle for something like a fisherman. We're fishing for something. Uh, The Bible says, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots are they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. So these false teachers were inside the church doing their own thing and trying to influence other people. Notice it says having eyes full of adultery. It wasn't just words. They had an angle for certain things and that cannot cease from sin. These people were bent on sin. And brethren, uh, sin will take you farther than you want to go, the song says. Sin will keep you longer than you want to say. And the song said that sin will cost you far more than you want to pay. Beguiling unstable souls and heart, they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. These false teachers have Uh, a desire to make themselves feel well at the expense of others. That's really what sin is. That's why that letter I stands right out. It's all about me. Verse 15, which have forsaken the right way. There is a right way. Serving Jesus Christ is the right way. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's the right story we need to tell ourselves, that Jesus is still the way. And those wise men that sought him on that first Christmas, they're still seeking him today. 
true wise men, true wise women. Jesus is the right story for your life. (laughs) Someone said that history is his story. The story of Jesus Christ, the history of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible said that in Genesis. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, the Word became flesh and dwelt upon, uh, among men. The Word is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 15 of Second Peter, in stressing the holiday, stressing the right story or the gospel, these false teachers have, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. He was hired to curse Israel. He was a prophet that had a walk with God. He was not a Jew, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, God would not curse his people. And eventually he went after these, uh, the people that would offer him a reward. And it says he was rebuked by his donkey. It says in verse 16, God but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. You know, God can use anybody to talk to us and try to get, get us to speak some sense. I've never talked to a donkey, but I have talked to probably dogs and cats, but they didn't talk back, okay? But God opened the mouth of, the, of this donkey and it spoke to get some sense into this prophet which ultimately didn't work. He wound up dying on the wrong side of, of God, but uh, uh, thank God that there are those that they listen to reason. They listen to the words of God, even, even if God can open the mouth of a donkey, but the donkey's speaking some truth. You might want to listen to the donkey. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. You know, sin, the problem with it is it's fun immediately. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25 that Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Think about uh, a lot of things, they're fun, and, and sin is fun now, but it's not fun down the road. And it's almost the inverse, right? Things that are really good for you, they're not fun initially. Investing isn't fun initially. Why? Because I'd rather spend the money. Working out isn't fun initially because I'd rather be eating donuts. But as you progress down the road, you begin to see the results of those good decisions. And it's the same thing with God. Initially, it might seem awkward and it might seem different and it might seem weird, but keep serving God and you'll find out that it really works out, that God works all things together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, and he turns it into a blessing. Why? Because we're beginning to put the right and stress the right story in our life, which is the gospel. These false prophets, it says in verse 18, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, it's just show. No offense to used car salesmen, but it's just like a used car salesman. They're pumping up something that may not be as advertised. But they know you want something. They know you need the car. They see you eyeing the spoiler or the, 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 the nice wheels or the leather seats. 
And they, they get you to sign on that dotted line. It says here, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, the desires that we have. And a lust is just as a desire. It doesn't have to be a desire for something that's uh, uh, ungodly. It can be a desire for donuts. Okay, your flesh calls out for things. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. But they allure those people who have escaped from that back into the mess. And the enemy of our soul uses promises, even if they're not true. Okay? Uh, have you ever seen the enemy, the, the devil, really wants what God wants? You. Not because he cares about you, but just because God wants you. Have you ever seen two kids fight about something? Like a little plastic toy? Like a, a stick on the ground? It can be anything. But it causes a fight because they both want it, right? Not because of the value. So I, I, there was a story of a man who was shot and killed over a parking spot in Florida recently. A parking spot? I mean, uh, there's other parking spots, right? But both people wanted it, so there was a fight. And that, there's always going to be a fight between you and your flesh. And you just have to say, you know, I'm going to choose to do what God wants me to do and not what my feelings lead me to do. It's going to help you out spiritually. That's going to be a, a game changer. But you know what? If you're looking to get out of debt... You need to say, well, you know, what do I need to do? Not what do I want to do? And it's the same thing with exercise or any other part of life. What do I need to do for the long run? Even though it might not be comfortable right now, I'm going to see the results and reap the rewards down in life. The Bible says that uh, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. We've got to hold on and do the right things. There is coming a blessing. It's you can track it in due season. It's left from heaven, right? It's coming. I don't know exactly when it's coming, but there's a season. It doesn't tell me the day, but there's a season of reaping in the life of a believer. There's a season of blessing. That's the right story. And it's coming from God. And Amazon might deliver it to your door, but God can overtake you with his blessings wherever he catches you. If we faint not, let's keep trusting God. Verse 19, it says that these false teachers would promise, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. Now, if some guy's trying to sell me a workout video and he's overweight, I might not be interested. If some guy's trying to sell me uh, something to make me a millionaire, but he's in debt up to his ears and doesn't have any money and is leasing his BMW, maybe I don't want that video either. Because if he hasn't overcome it, how is he going to tell me how to overcome it? If someone is, is sinning every day, how are they going to tell me how to get out of sin or anything about sin? But I'm thankful that when you are delivered and God delivers you from sin, you can begin to share with others because of the struggles in your own life of making those right choices and having God lead you in a different way that, look, there is a different story. You don't have to live that way. There is another way. It's a better way. And brother, sister, it's a possible way. You can live for God. You know, people say, well, uh, this man at the store uh, <laughs> uh, said, uh, you say, I have to have faith in something I do not see? You can't, cannot prove that there is a God. Well, I said back, okay, you cannot prove that there is not a God. 
So just because you see it doesn't mean, or just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. I can't see Paris from here, but Paris exists. I can't see uh, a lot of planets that are existing. I mean, if there's clouds in the sky, but they exist. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So go ahead on that same rationale. Prove to me that there's not a God. Well, I don't see him. What if he's around the corner? (laughs) But he's there. God's real. And I know that because he changed my life. God changed my life. And one day I'm going to see him with my eyeballs. And until then, I'm going to trust him. Once a distance is removed, Stephen, when he looked up in heaven in Acts chapter 7, he saw God. And the Bible said in Jesus standing at the right, of, right hand of God. And the Bible said he was full of the Holy Ghost. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Trinity right there. And if God opened the heavens, friend, you could see him and I could see him. And he would look just like the Bible said. And one day we're all going to see him. I want to be on the right side of God when I go to eternity. Verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions, the Bible talks about kind of a worse condition than being a, than not being a Christian, okay? A worse condition. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that's the only way to escape from hell is through Jesus Christ, accepting him as your Savior. That's the only way. Through the blood that he shed on the cross as the payment for our sin. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus was born of a virgin. He had no sin when he came into the world. That's why he lived a life of sinlessness and he was sacrificed as a pure sacrifice without spot, without blemish, not one lie, not once uh, did he commit adultery, not once, not once did he sin. So he was the sacrifice of sinlessness. He was born of a virgin. That's why the, the, he was not a descendant of Adam, but he was born. His father was God. His mother, the egg was from uh, Mary, but Joseph was not his dad. So he did not carry the nature of sin in him. But the Bible said, after you give your life to Jesus and you're redeemed from sin, if they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse than with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, and talking about these false teachers, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And dogs do that. And the sow or the pig that was washed to her own wallowing in the mire. And it's not just mud in the mire. So these false teachers, they stress a false narrative. And you know, in the holidays, there's a lot of false narratives. You need to buy this. You need to do all these things. Well, maybe you don't need to go to all the family gatherings, okay? Maybe you're all the office parties. Maybe you need to say no to a few things and keep your sanity. Maybe you say you need to say no to all the gift exchanges or some of the gift exchanges. If it's not in your budget, lower that stress. Stress the... The meaning of the holidays is the birth of Jesus Christ. That's the meaning. It's not about extravagant gifts. It's not about running around uh, with your hair on fire, okay? Jesus said, if you come unto me, I'll give you rest. God will give you peace in your heart. That's the story we want to stress during the holidays is the peace of Jesus. 
telling yourself a new story. And you know what? Maybe in your life, it'd be good to tell yourself a new story, to tell yourself a different story, to say, wait a second, you mean I'm worth redeeming? Yes, you're worth redeeming. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You're worth saving. And you know what? When you give your life to Jesus, God will begin to put a new narrative, a new voice will begin to guide you. And you'll be able to follow in the different footsteps and you'll begin to walk down a different pathway. And uh, Jesus Christ, he'll be with you every step of the way. And he'll begin to tell you a different story about yourself. And I'm thankful that God will do it from now unto eternity. God bless you. Stress the holidays. Stress the right story. Stress the gospel. Open the word of God. Read the Bible. And you know what? Get around some people that are Christians. They'll begin to share some good things with you. God bless you is our prayer. We'll see you next time.